Hello, and welcome back to Bestie Chats with Soph. I'm your host, Sophia Pinella, and I'm so happy to have you here. This episode is sponsored by Legion Athletics. Legion is the number one best-selling brand of all natural sports supplements with over 400,000 customers served and 3 million bottles sold. But you guys know how I roll. I'll be honest in telling you that supplements are not going to be the end solution to reaching your goals. And let me make it clear that you do not need supplements in order to reach your goals. Supplements are to be used if there are spaces in your diet that need to be filled or if you're deficient in any vitamins and minerals. That's where dietary supplements will help you out. Legion has been the only supplement company that doesn't leave me feeling like garbo, and that's because it's all natural supplements, and better yet, they're all backed by research and science. Like, it doesn't get better than that. My favorite products from Legion I use every day are their original grains, the peach ring pre-workout flavor, I'm not joking, you guys, it literally tastes like the peach rings candy, and both the grass-fed whey and vegan cinnamon cereal protein powder best protein powder of all time. Both, both of them. They're so good. You can go to www.legionathletics.com and take the quiz to see what supplements will best fit you towards reaching your goals. And don't forget to use code Sophia at checkout. All right, you guys, today we have a very special guest, not to toot your horn, but I think this is probably my most requested guest. You are my most requested guest so far, and I am so excited for you guys to get to know us a little better, but without further ado, let me introduce to you guys my other half, my best friend forever, my boyfriend, Mr. Nash Rudy. Hello. Thank you for having me on. What's going on, besties? I'm ready to answer some questions and crack some jokes. Yay, you guys. So we asked you to ask us some questions. I did a little Q&A on my Instagram story, and you guys asked some really good, really good questions. Um, but I want to get one question out of the way first, <laughs> which a lot of people wonder this. I totally get it. Because I didn't know at first either. But Nash, what is your ethnicity? That's a great question. Uh, yeah, that's a question I've gotten my whole life. Mm-hmm. A lot of people can't tell. Uh, I'm half black, half white. So half African-American, half white. My mom is white. My dad's black. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Grew- I grew up in a non-predominantly African-American area. And mm-hmm. uh, so there's a lot of white people. Um, and they generally can't tell what I'm mixed with, but when I go to my dad's side of the family, well, they know, but like when I get around some black folks, they can typically tell that I'm half. So it's kind of a funny mix because it's a never ending guessing game. It's a never ending guessing game. And when we were on our first date, this man, this was probably what first question. No, this is like the third question you asked me. He goes, he's sitting in his 2000 and straight rolling. Yeah. He was straight up with the seat all the way back. 2003 Acura. The paint was chipping off in the front. The AC didn't work and the radio was pretty much broken. So we had a little beats pod in there for music. I mean, he pulled out all the stops for our first date and he was straight up like arm straight. I couldn't even see um, how far back he was in the seat. The passenger seat that I was in was broken. So I was straight upright like a board, which was so awkward. So I'm like, I can't even look back because he's all the way back in the back seat with, with how far his seat was back. And he goes, <laughs> he goes, uh, so, uh, yeah, what ethnicity do you think I am? I'm like, um, okay, putting me on the spot here. I was like, I don't know, maybe like Puerto Rican or something. Did I have he's my like, Puerto Rican backwards hat? Or no? No, you were wearing oh, the, the polo, polo hat, the yeah. black polo hat. And I was like, I don't know, maybe Puerto Rican or something. He's like, wrong. He's like, black, and, black white. and white. Um, so just to get that off, get that off your chest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Black and lot, white to answer the question. Yeah. Long story short, it's black and white. Um, yeah, his parents are are so awesome. His whole family, dad side, mom side, really, really awesome. Um, but yeah. So moving on to the next question. A lot of you guys want to know where we are moving. We want to tell you guys really badly, but especially me, but I, I know, yeah. especially Nash, but I just want to keep it private for just like privacy reasons. You know, I just don't want to necessarily give that up. Yeah. I don't want any like outside influence or bias or opinions or whatever on like where we're moving to quite yet. I want us to just fully, I don't know. Yeah. Go through this well, experience. I think it'll be more fun to, 
surprise everyone and it'll be like yeah. oh that's where they're at where yeah. they could be thinking like totally something different exactly. you know what i mean like it's kind of fun yeah um and we just get to take you guys along for this journey yeah. january 14th we will be out of here uh yeah we out just of Reno. we just booked the movers we just booked our moving date with the movers and we just booked um our one-way flight yeah, but don't worry besties Reno. don't worry besties i know that you guys want to know but on the 14th we out. You, we are out. Yeah, we, we are out. out of here. And you'll know. And you'll know. 14th of January. So yeah, keep your eyes peeled. All right. Keep your eyes peeled. Okay. We're going to try to really answer as many questions as we possibly can. Okay. Let's see. How many kids do you guys plan on having? I'm do you gonna... want to answer on three? Okay. Ready? Let's go on three. One, two, three, two. two. There you go. Boom. We, we've talked about this. Yeah. I feel like... Cause there's people like I have a, my uncle has, I have three cousins and then my, I have an aunt that has a uh, two, uh, two kids. Sorry. Mm-hmm. I meant three yeah. kids on the other side. And mm-hmm. then uh, I have an aunt that has one. So I feel like two is normal. I grew up with one younger brother. Sophia grew up with one older sister. Um, and it's funny cause you can see how she's the little sister and I'm an older brother. You can yeah. definitely tell. Yeah. But, um, We've got a theory behind that. I feel like two is just the most doable yeah. and it's the most entertaining and it's the most fulfilling because three is a lot and one is like you gotta, you gotta you have gotta, more than one i know i know i mean shout out to all the only shout out to only all the people that raise more than two kids like I'm oh not, my god yeah, yeah. like it because definitely it, happens and people definitely love that more yeah. than having just one or two kids but i feel like it's really whatever you prefer and we both just agree on two kids. yeah two because i loved growing up with just one other sibling so did nash we yeah. would love to do boy and a girl but I'm not really sure exactly. Like, I feel I don't like, really care. I feel like I'm a boy mom deep in my bones. And I feel like I'm going to be a, a girl, girl dad. dad. Yeah, I know. But I do so. want perfect world, one boy, one girl. Yeah. But if it's two girls, no big deal. Two boys, freaking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, and also with like, when you think about our parents being grandparents, like I would love to give a grandson to my parents since they raised two girls. Yeah. And I would love to give a granddaughter, granddaughter to your yeah, parents exactly. because they raised two boys. Exactly. So it's like, we would love to give them the best of both worlds, you know? Um, but yeah, we talk about that. We don't talk about it too often, but we talk about it enough. No, we We're don't really, t- like, we just kind of know. We just kind of know. Yeah, we've talked about it definitely, but we just kind of know. We are on the same page there. Absolutely. Okay, so let's see. Next one here, pet peeves for each other. Oh, boy. No, I'm just kidding. Okay, my- (laughs) Looks on his long list. (laughs) No, we. so my- Everyone has a pet peeve about their significant other. It Mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily have to be something super bad. I wonder what he's going to say. For example, mine- Sophia loves to ask me to go get something for her Mm -hmm. right when I sit down. I without do. fail. I do. Like I will be, we'll both sit down completely ready, ready to the, chill, yeah. ready to watch a yep. movie. Oh my God, babe, can you go upstairs and grab my water? Yep. I forgot it up there. Guilty. Or, oh, my phone's in the car. Can you, Not that your phone's ever in the car, but oh, yeah. my gym bag's in the car. Can you go grab yeah. it? That is probably my number one pet No, I don't, okay, listen, I feel like this is, might be a universal experience, but as soon as your ass sits down, it's like I get this flood of things that I need in the the moment that you no, sit down where I'm like, it. Oh my God, I need you to fill my water. I get it. I need you to go grab, you know? Yeah. When you sit down, you're, you're like, Oh, I really could use a glass of water. Oh, I could really. Use yeah. Like I'm like, now something. that you're comfortable. Yeah. I could really actually. <laughs> yeah. Because we're both comfortable, but I don't want to be uncomfortable. So okay. I'll let yeah. you go get it, which is fine. I don't yeah. mind doing it, but it's just funny. Okay. I, I would say my funny. only pet peeve for you is <laughs> we have to plan a lot around your pooping schedule. A lot has to be planned around well, okay, your potty like, time. Besties, all all of you that have a significant other. Um, Why do they shit so much, you guys? Why is that? And most most men, I feel like, have their ritual in the morning. Mm-hmm. You know, they go and then they're good and then they eat a little bit. Um, and then you got to go again, maybe a little midday cup. Like I work in the ER, I might have a little midday cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. Might send me again, you know what I mean? Yeah. Might, might have the one setting you know what i mean yeah. but sometimes when i when i get to work i have to go to triage so i don't yeah. have 20 <laughs> minutes to go to the bathroom yeah. i gotta go yeah no i mean that's um that's probably my biggest like pet peeve yeah, because it's like if we take early flights like a 6 or 7 a.m flight we're having to wake up at 2 in the morning just so he can fully oh clear everything out gosh. so we can get you ready it's, to go it's not that early but yes it, it feels that it early. feels that early instead understand. of just like waking yeah. up and then you know getting ready to go and leaving. It's like this whole ordeal where we have to stop time yep. in order for you to finish your business, Ladies, which honestly, 
you, when you got to go, you got to go. Yes. And you always, when you got to go, I let you go. But I know, but I'm a quick pooper. You're a queen, too. Oh, thank you. Okay. You're welcome. I'll take that. Okay. Um, okay, so... Somebody did ask, we kind of already covered this, but I think this is interesting. Interesting. Um, what are your family backgrounds, heritages, religions? How do you combine? So for you, obviously, your dad is black, your mom is white. Yeah. Did so, you grow up with any religion in your life? Yeah. So uh, full. first off, fully raised California boy, mm-hmm. Bay Area. My dad's from L.A., my mom's from Alameda, California, which is a small little uh, peninsula outside Oakland, California. Same, mm-hmm. Pretty much the same thing. Um, I didn't grow up super religious. I did go to um, church when I was super young. I remember with my grandma uh, and my grandpa. Um, but after they were Catholic, because they were um, they were Catholic. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't like that deep, you know. Like yeah. they just brought me. Like if my parents went out of town for the night, like I would stay with them, and we would go Sunday morning with mm-hmm. my brother. And it wasn't all. It wasn't super detail oriented that I remember. I'm five or six or seven years old. But other than that, really no practicing. I, I do have my own relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Um, I do believe in God. I'm just not super biblical. Yeah. Um, You're very spiritual. Yeah, very spiritual, mm-hmm. which I think a lot of people are today. But there, there's no, none wrong with, you know, uh, being biblical and having your own mm-hmm. uh, feng shui. Yeah, feng shui. I like that. And um, you went to public school your whole life. I had the complete opposite where you guys know I went to private Catholic school for 12 years, grew up. In the Catholic Church, I will say I'm just spiritual now. I don't really, we don't um, involve religion too much in our lives. Like we aren't going to church every Sunday or anything like that. Um, We're still super young. So who knows with like, you know, our new move and our new chapter of our lives, if that's something, you know, a bridge we want to cross when we get there. But for right now, like it's, it's not like a door is closed and we're absolutely like, no, but I have my own relationship with God as well. Mm -hmm. But I definitely would say I'm just more, more spiritual than anything. Yeah. Because when you go to private Catholic school for 12 years, I feel like it does. It does a number on you. It does. Yeah. It does skew. Especially at that that age of like, cause you're kind of, you were kind of forced into it, right? Like I was. with school, like for example, I work in the ER. I've met people who've been like, yeah, I just, you know, I just recently found God. And like, mm-hmm. it's a great resource for people that feel like they need to utilize it. Mm-hmm. And I think it comes at the best time for everyone. For everybody. And, and it comes in and out of people's lives exactly. at the right time. Exactly. Yeah. So, no, I agree with that. So that's kind of where I think it's important at. though for, for everyone in their own different ways. Yeah. And also just to discuss that openly with your partner, making sure that you guys are on the same page and what matters at the end of the day is not like our viewpoints, you know, on our specific viewpoints, but it's the fact that we are on the same page and how we go about our morals, our beliefs, our values, our opinions on a lot of things. We're very much on the same level. Like we're always pretty much on the same page. And that's all that really matters. If we ever feel like anything's changing or these topics of conversation come up, like we always talk, we talk about pretty openly um, about that, which is really important in a relationship. Okay. Next one, relationship tips when one partner is a first responder slash shift worker. So I feel like we can give a good um, kind of yeah. experience here for on both ends, like a good perspective yeah. for both me and you. So you being the shift worker and me being the super supportive significant yeah. other for the shift mm-hmm. worker. So I don't know if you want to talk about what are things that now that you've been a shifter for a minute and you've been working in emergency medical services and all these different things, what specifically, which by the way, you guys, in a second, the next question is going to be diving into kind of Nash's story on um, where he's at in his career and how he kind of got to this point. But now that you've kind of been a shift worker for a minute, what specifically, like what are specific things that you feel like are super important to understand yeah. As like some as somebody on the outside, somebody like me. What yeah, are the struggles that you face, the highs, the lows, and like what kind of support do you need from your significant from, other? Yeah, the outsiders. <laughs> yeah. So um yeah, whether you're, you know, a police officer, a nurse, a firefighter, uh paramedic, EMT, uh, they're long shifts, really long shifts, and they're mentally and physically exhausting. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the number one thing that a lot of uh first responders will tell you, healthcare workers, is uh try not to take it home with you. Obviously, way easier said than done. Um, try not if you have a really uh, like if you're running a lot of traumas or you have a rough call, you know, it's important to debrief with mm-hmm. your team that you're on uh, your shift for that day. 
um, and talk about it and not hold it in, you know, because uh, everyone uh, handles stuff differently. Some people need a little more time. Some people can flush it right away and then they mm-hmm. get and then they kind of mourn about it later. Um, but I would say the number one thing for a significant other of someone who's in the field is just to uh, be all open ears, you know, like just be ready to hear them out because they're probably just going to throw a lot of stuff at you. Um, like kind of just venting and, and you just kind of have to be a sponge and not even in the terms of like interpreting what they're interpreting, what they're saying, just, mm-hmm. just literally listening and just being a sponge. Yeah. Um, I would say that's really important because if you don't have an outlet to let it out, yeah. um, it, it becomes unhealthy at that point. Yeah. And then, um, obviously with the long shifts, um, all the girlies who have husbands at work or whatever, or vice versa, wives at work, um, make sure you have your own hobby. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Obviously, you probably have something else going on, whether it's work, but Mm -hmm. make sure you have something that fills you up that you don't necessarily need your specific um, significant other for, Um, because I feel like that makes the time go fast, whether they're on a 48 at the firehouse or on all night at 12. If they're working nights, you can just go to bed at that point. It's easy. Um, But yeah, just really having all the support and um, never trying to, you know, shut down if they're uh, frustrated about something, always be willing to hear them out. Um, yeah. And yeah, communication's key. Yeah, no, that was like really, I mean, you pretty much hit the nail on the head. And I think for somebody like me who Nash isn't in his fire career quite yet, like officially in a fire department, he soon will be, but working in the ER and what he's doing now, um, I can definitely see that. I mean, you have to handle a lot emotionally and mentally. And you also uh, take on a lot of uh, other people's sadness and sorrows and anxiety and Right, because they just kind of like, what I found out is they kind of just unload on you. Like some people will unload a lot of trauma or sadness or like they're just at their all time low when they're and you're like the first person to ask them about these things. And they sometimes just really unload a lot of heavy stuff. And I've realized that, you know, Nash, he really does a good job keeping work at work, but there are some things that he's heard um, that definitely kind of have shaken him up a little bit. And just knowing that you know, this is kind of like your own thing that you experience. Yeah. And like, if you feel like you want to open up and mm-hmm. share those things with me, you I can, know you're always there, but yeah. you never have to feel the need to and understanding yeah. as a partner that he is going to have some emotional and mental baggage that he carries with certain things that he sees and mm-hmm. that he hears, totally. um, knowing I can't take that personally. Like if he's a little bit off, like with the career that you're in, like I have to understand that like, yeah. for the most part, you really do such a good job with like taking Thank care you. of your mental health and like telling me when you, when I want to go, golf. when you, <laughs> there you go. That's the key to the, to world peace right there. Yeah. But like when he needs an outlet or however that may look, um, he does a really good job communicating that. And he doesn't feel like he needs to bottle it up, but some things are best left unsaid. And also understanding that he doesn't have to share everything with me and I have to be mm-hmm. okay with that. Like there's some things that maybe you just need to kind of sit with on your yeah, own, was, think about say. and process before you tell me if you ever want to. And that's something that I just have to be okay with. Yeah. And like some people, like, like what you just said, some mm-hmm. people just need to sit yeah. like what you to say, like what you say, sit with their shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and go. people just need to sit on it and they don't want to talk about it and they're just kind of digesting it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just kind of be an athlete and be just all hands on deck, ready to support, ready to back off when your significant other comes home from a rough day. Yeah. Amen to that. So kind of going into segueing, segueing into the next question, this is going to be probably a heftier answer. I'm really excited for you to answer this one and that one of you guys asked this because, um, this, over the past couple of years, we've been dating for almost five, five years in, in five years in, in December. December, which is crazy. Um, and it's just been seeing your journey over the past three years has been like the most incredible experience. Like, I'm just so proud of you. And this has like really shaped you into becoming like a, basically like a teenager into like a young man. And it's yeah. been so cool to see, um, his journey and into his career, like getting into, <laughs> you know, the fire career has been, there's been a lot of struggles that you've had to yeah, face a lot. Sure. Yeah. A lot of adversity and a lot of struggles and you've overcome every single one of them. So the question is how have you, like, what have you done to get to where you're at in your EMS fire career right now? Kind of what was, what's kind of like your story? 
Woo! Here we go. Here we go. Yeah, no, that's a good question. I appreciate, you know, it's cool when people like to are curious and want to, because I like explaining. Um, so, yeah, I graduated high school in 2018 in the Bay Area. Like I said, I grew up a California kid. Uh, I always knew I wanted to be a firefighter or always go into that field because I need to, I'm a person that needs to always be moving. Mm-hmm. Um, and also my grandmother was a nurse. My grandfather was a firefighter. Um, so I've always had um, inspiration from them, whether it's like in the medical field or going to the fire station at five years old, 10 mm-hmm. years old with my grandpa, talking to the boys, mm-hmm. all that stuff. Um, so after I graduated high school, I went to Los Madonos Community College, which is in Pittsburgh, California, not Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Pittsburgh, California in the mm-hmm. East Bay. Um, I played college baseball there for two years. Uh, I got an associate's degree um, in communications and an associate's degree in, uh, what is it, civil arts or uh, something like that. Liberal arts. Liberal arts. Civil arts. Civil arts. I like it. I like civil arts better. Okay. Um, And that was cool. So I, again, still, I completed that, still thinking I wanted to be a firefighter. Uh, In the meantime, for those of you who don't know, which probably a lot don't know, I also grew up having an extremely difficult time with school. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm going to tell you what it is, but before I knew what was going on, it was such a mystery. Mm -hmm. Um, and I didn't know why I was, I was putting in a lot of effort and I just wasn't getting the results, especially with test taking. Yeah. Uh, huge test anxiety person for the girls that have test anxiety or have boyfriends that have test Mm -hmm. anxiety. Uh, I empathize with you hardly, (laughs) um, hard, hard, not hardly like hardcore, hardcore. (laughs) hard. Like that wasn't a word. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, I also was diagnosed with, um, three learning disabilities at 14 years old that we're going to come full circle here with school. Um, so I have auditory processing disorder, which is the main, uh, learning difference. If you will, I say learning difference. Yeah. I say learning difference. Um, and auditory processing, which basically means you have a hard time interpreting auditory information. So it means you're a very visual person. And a lot of you guys are gonna be like, Oh wow. So am I, Mm -hmm. I'm very hands-on. Like you, like someone can tell you to do something and you're like, I need you to show me yeah. and then I, and then I'll do it and then I'll know how to do it. And then also like different noises. Yeah. There's like music playing, people talking, or for example, a teacher yeah. trying to teach. Like it's hard for you to. It's hard for me to focus on the task or like one task. Yeah. So if my mom was like at 12 years old, keep it in mind, I'm an adult. So I've kind of grown out of it, learned mm-hmm. how to yeah. cope with it. But in my younger years, my mom would be like, Hey, Hey Nash, can you um, take the dog for a walk? Um, take the trash out and then unload the dishwasher. Keep in mind, I'm a 14 year old boy playing video games, doing all the stuff. I'm going to forget one of those things, mm-hmm. you know, cause it's just like, it just kind of slipped my mind. Mm-hmm. So what I, what I later developed, a, a, a coping skill was writing stuff down. Yeah. Um, so, and then I have, rece- uh, basically on paper, I can't read, write or talk. It's receptive language, receptive disorder, language disorder and disorder of written, written expression. expression and auditory processing. And auditory the processing. Three, the big three. So if you have any learning differences, <laughs> Don't feel bad about them or insecure about them. I'm sure mm-hmm. a lot of us have them that are undiagnosed. And if you had an IEP like I did an individual mm-hmm. education plan as a kid, take advantage of that. Yeah. I wrote it. You know, I got to take, I still get to take my test yeah. in a separate room and I get extended time. Like, don't no, be embarrassed of that shit. Yeah. Like, there's no shame. Mm-hmm. Um, no shame, no game. Um, mm-hmm. So that's kind of some of the struggles that I had to deal with in middle school, high school, elementary school, and then getting to college at where I actually had my highest GPA ever was in college. Mm-hmm. And I had a three, three, you know, mm-hmm. not amazing, but I was playing full-time sports. Mm-hmm. So, um, now getting back onto the topic of discussion of firefighting, <laughs> did all that. And then Sophia was up in Reno mm-hmm. and I was actually in Salt Lake city with my brother. Cause he was playing baseball at the university of Utah. And she's like, Hey babe, you were visiting him. yeah, I was visiting yeah. him. And then she, uh, she was like, Hey babe, can you call me and you get a chance? I was like, yeah, sure. Call her. And she's like, I found this amazing community college in Reno mm-hmm. that has a very awesome fire, uh, technology fire suppression degree. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I, and basically like, sorry to interrupt just no, you're in good. the degree. It basically is like a two year program that you come out of it with your EMT basic, which basically prepares you towards you can apply to fire departments like pretty much right away, unless if you want to continue education in other forms. But it's not you don't need a degree to be a firefighter. Exactly. It just anything, as you guys know, especially in the healthcare field emergency medical services, like as many certificates and education, like as much as you can fucking put on your resume with experience, it helps a lot. So within this, like you would get a 
an associate's degree in fire science and fire um, technology, yeah. technology or suppression, suppression yeah. or whatever. Um, so that's kind of, I called them like one of, one of my coworkers at the time, like told me about it. She's like, yeah, my parents are firefighters and like TMCC up here as a community college in Reno has like a great fire program. Like he should totally come up here and go to school. It's a yeah. I'm like, wait, this is like, this is such a good idea. Yeah, and it worked out good because I was still in, uh, at home for the first two years. I mm-hmm. wanted to get out of the house. So I move up to Reno. Yeah. First semester, start my fire class. Yeah. We're not little... living together at this time. Yeah, time. not living together. Yeah, it's we... my senior year of college. It's your first year of this We're both program. living on the University of Nevada, Reno campus. Sophia was on the west side. I was on the east side, like mm-hmm. a one-minute drive. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first semester there, uh, got a little uh, part-time job at Whole Foods <laughs> um, and doing four classes for the semester. No mm-hmm. big deal. Uh, spring semester comes, um, I pass all my classes in the fall, um, take the EMT basic course. And I was like, okay, like this is kind of like where it gets real. Like we're learning some like BLS stuff, life-saving, uh, life-saving measures. Which BLS is? Basic life support. Yeah. For those not you- the, all the people here yeah. don't know. So yeah. he's throwing around like terms all the time with me and I'm like, sir, I need some clarification. No, totally. And, so, and that's my bad. Yeah. But yeah, BLS stands for basic life support. That's what you are as an EMT, emergency medical technician. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one, that's the minimum requirement. You need to be a firefighter on a, um, on an engine Mm -hmm. or an ambulance. So took that class, uh, ended up loving the class, um, had a really hard time with the test guys. Um, so at the end of the class, I did great in the lab. So on Monday we would have lecture Wednesdays, we would do lab, all the IAs who are paramedics, you know, said I'm doing great. Leadership's great. Cause ex athlete, you know, like Mm -hmm. great communicator, um, just killing it in all aspects of absolutely, like, yeah. everything. And then, um, but then at the end, there's a, <laughs> there's three portions of the test. So there's the, uh, final exam for the class, which is a 200 question exam that you have to take. Um, the first time around, um, I failed that and I was really discouraged. And you know, my, my instructor who actually, he was a great man, mm-hmm. horrible instructor. Yeah. And he was so nice about it though. Um, he was like, Hey bud, like, don't be discouraged, you know, and his teaching style just didn't work for me and that's fine. Yeah. Well, everything um, also, I don't know if you said this, but everything was online. Oh yeah. And everything. Okay, so this was, duh, that's this the was biggest spring part. of 2021. Everything was online, you guys. And if you've taken any type of like intensive healthcare, medical type classes, like not, especially as somebody who's a hands-on learner, like Nash, like he had to teach himself basically his EMS 101 class because his teacher, again, great stories, great guy, yeah. good connection to know, but his teaching, like he would just tell stories instead of teaching the actual material. So Nash is already somebody who struggles a little bit with school, had to teach himself EMS 101, which is damn near impossible. Yeah. So the first round of it was kind of just like, was just ca- a little bit of a scratch. It's yeah. like, you know what? Total scratch. Didn't really work Because we out. would do lecture online, half the kids would be there, and then we'd go into lab on Wednesday and be like, okay. Okay, go. Yeah. And so took took the class again and and killed it. You killed it. Killed it. Yep. Passed the 200 question exam. Whoop, whoop. And then so now I passed the EMT basic class, but now there's a national registry certification process that you need to go through all it's same for nurses, like same thing as the NCLEX yeah, so you take, exam. Like, you pass the class and then you have to take a test to pass nationally to be nationally certified. certified. So you have your practical exams, right? So that's when you go in and physically do the skills. I didn't miss a single mark on those. I absolutely crushed it. Yeah, nailed it. Here's the part where the adversity comes in a lot <laughs> is that you have three tries to take the nat reg and you have to do a refresher and then you get another three tries. So a total of six tries, right? Okay. And how many times did it take you? I passed on the sixth try woo, woo. six try guys is i know you guys are like holy crap no, that's crazy better late than never better late just, than ever you t- you pass never. it at the right time yeah and everything happened at the right time you know so super excited about passing that yeah we were like crying and yeah. it, just, it was a bummer because nash got so much help so many tutors for this and every person whether he tutored with a fireman a nurse a paramedic his emt buddies every single person that studied with nash was like, you know this material, dude. I'm not really sure what else like I can help you with because he knew the material so well, like speaking it out with somebody. Totally. But as soon as it came to like taking a test on a computer, you and also it's a smart test as well. It's an adaptive test. It's an adaptive test. So it will ask you harder questions if you're doing well and easier questions if you're not. And then it will cut you off at a random point. And if it cuts you off at like question number 60 or 70, you don't know. You're like, I either epically failed or did really well. Or, and it kind of mind fucks you. Cause if yeah. you're going all the way up to question a hundred, you're like, or, Am 120. I, or 120, there's 120 questions total. It's like, if you take the full 
120, then you're like, okay, I probably didn't do well because they kept asking. It's just yeah, like, and you get repeat oh, questions. My God, and I was so frustrated for for you to yeah. have to go through that. But I was frustrated. But too. the last <laughs> test, you fucking killed it. I killed it, and I pa- It cut me off at 70 questions, and I was like, oh, I passed. Yeah, he passed. I texted Sophia colors. right away. I was like, oh, I passed. And then yeah, he knows. He knew. Yeah. So I know that that was kind of like you know a lot of different kinds of things that Ash kind of explained there. But now that he has his EMT basic. He is now currently an ER tech. So an ER, an ER tech. tech in Nevada, at least I'm sure it's a lot of other places. Do so you need to at least have your uh, EMT basic certification? Mm-hmm. Um, so working in the ER is great mm-hmm. because you're working with people that are just smarter than you. Yeah. And so um, there are ER techs that are paramedics, advanced EMTs, which is the class I'm going through right now. Mm-hmm. And then there's EMT basics, which is what I currently am certified as. Yeah. Uh, you get to work with amazing emergency room doctors, amazing nurses. You get to learn the flow of EMS bringing patients and it's just a great experience. So I highly recommend uh, anyone who wants to get into medical at all, go be an ER tech for a little bit. Just go learn, see how, yeah, learn some new skills, learn how to mm-hmm. talk to people, learn how to talk to a bunch of people in different demographics, like everything. It's a really yeah. big life builder. And you're also while doing an ER tech, you are also... I am taking my advanced EMT yeah. course. So which he's will, also a full-time student. Full-time student as well as working in the ER full-time. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then after I'm done with my advanced EMT, I'll be eligible to go to paramedic school. Yeah. And that's kind of your life goal is to... Is to be a firefighter paramedic. Firefighter paramedic. So what we discovered is that there are a million different ways and journeys and routes to get to being a fireman. Totally. You could, if you wanted to, just out right when you're 18, you graduate high school. If you wanted to just take one semester and take your EMT basic, and then after that, apply to fire departments, technically, legally, like you can do that. That's how quickly it can happen. But it doesn't really happen that easily for a lot of people. Um, A lot of guys go a million different routes. It's really been interesting to, you know, hear about all the different stories from your friends and stuff um, on how to get to where, where they're at currently. Um, Totally. So yeah, he's finishing up his advanced EMT class. He will be, you know, in December of this year. Mm -hmm. And then that will be in line for us to move in January. And then once we move, he'll be applying to fire departments in our new forever home uh, exactly and i'm super so excited exciting. uh super excited but yeah um goal life goals be firefighter paramedic mm-hmm. i want to be a battalion chief mm-hmm. at the end of the day um but yeah paramedic you get a you get a pay raise everyone's mm-hmm. like it's a it's a big responsibility but i just love medicine yeah um, which is crazy because it did not start out it like didn't that. start like he that. was like i just want to be a basic emt i just want to focus on the fire i want to fight the fires and then and then all the firefighters are like yo dude this is all we do yeah because like, yeah. not all we do but like there's so much fire prevention it's not like the 70s where buildings were just bursting into flames they yeah, still do there's a lot, yeah. like kitchen fires whatever but like most of it is ems and when Medical, if your yeah. if your grandma is sick or your grandma, mom whatever fire department showing up first to provide care even exactly. if the ambulance transfers them fire department's going first exactly. so that's what i want to do and that's what i'm grinding towards yeah and it's just been so awesome to to see him transform because i remember when we first started dating and i had dropped out of Oregon and I was helping him finish up his school because I dropped out, you know, early before the year ended. So he still had some classes and school is something that I personally have never struggled with. I have had just like, I don't know. I've just found study habits that work for me. I love studying. I think, I don't know. I've just been, it's just been something that I've excelled in. And then also I think when that person specifically finds their niche, like I love studying for medicine now. Like I understand it and it's Mm -hmm. fun and I can add to my scope of practice it's something and knowledge. you're passionate about yeah yeah exactly you're not taking like a history 101 yeah. class so that you find don't that, care about yeah so find that thing you want to you, you you're passionate about and and apply just yourself fucking do it just do it but yeah it's been cool to see nash starting i i used to help him out with his classes like a couple of years ago and to see you just have grown into just like the most amazing person thank through you this i couldn't have done it without you journey it's just been Couldn't so have done your support i love you it's just I love been you too. so incredible to see you kind of grow into this and and we're taking you guys along for for this whole journey and, totally. and everything and nash's journey of becoming a fire paramedic and it's just going to be so so exciting and we're happy to have you guys as part of it but that is kind of nash's like backstory thanks for hanging in there guys that yeah was long, I know. <laughs> well the thing that i love about nash most is 
And I think this is, I don't know. I don't think this is a guy thing. Cause this has only happened or it, it might be a guy thing, but like, it's just a Nashism that I love. Yeah. And that I think a lot of people can also relate to whether it's their boyfriend or sister or whoever their best friend maybe does this. But yeah. when Nash tells stories, he, he tells like so many different stories within one story. Yeah. It's like four and one. It's like four and one. And I love it. And you go on these little tangents and rants and you always circle back and I'm like, Oh, I just, I love a good Nash story. Yeah. So, um, thank you for sharing all of that with the besties, babe. You're welcome. Moving on to the next question. What is your favorite thing about me? <laughs> this is something I ask oh every God. single day. Okay. Um, and then I'll say my favorite thing about, so it says favorite thing about, so favorite thing about Nash. Well, I have a, bunch i don't know if i can narrow it down to one but on the top of my head i would say that my number one thing about you that my number one favorite thing about you is how um i know it sounds cliche but just how loving and supporting supportive you are and i know know that sounds kind of cliche guys but soph is the biggest lover the biggest giver wants to make sure her peeps are taken care of, wants mm-hmm. everyone to be comfortable. You know, she's just she's just a, a nurser. She just loves to take care of people. Sure. Yeah. You know nurturer. what I mean? A yeah. nurturer. I've yeah. got a big, I've got a really big heart. You do. And I care a lot, but I don't care for a lot of people. Yeah. And she rides with the if people she, kind of she loves, yeah. she rides hard for. Yeah, I do. I don't open my heart up to a lot of people. Exactly. Anymore. Um, well, thank you. I really appreciate it. No worries, that. baby. My favorite thing about Nash would probably be, oh gosh, honestly, I, know, can't, like, just say one. I know, but the way that you like compliment me very well, a yin yang, compliment, yeah, yes, not like yeah. you compliment, giving you compliment, giving yeah, you like how we I'm balance saying, each other out. We balance like yeah. the way that you're able to handle me and my mom is probably going to be sitting here <laughs> listening to this being like, uh, shout out yeah, shout, shout out to Sue, to mama Sue. Um, but the way that you're able to handle my energy, like really Nash has been the only person that I've been with that really, um, supports my energy because I, I, I have a lot of energy, you guys. And it's not like I'm hyper, hyper, but my energy that I bring into a room. Exactly. And can I explain this? Yeah. Because I don't want to sound conceited, but Nash can probably. So guys, Soph is obviously you don't want to say this about yourself, but Soph is being very humble. I've seen it for five years. When Soph walks into a room, people notice. You know what I mean? And I'm saying like, it's because you're beautiful, but it's also because of the presence that you have. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you're just so sure of yourself. You know what you want. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you act like you've been there before. You're just very sure of your intentions yeah. and what you want to give off to others. And some people are like, can't handle it. Mm-hmm. And like, and not even that she's trying to direct it at people. It's just some people will stare and just kind of be like, I, I felt her presence mm-hmm. in the room. You know what I mean? And I've seen it with guys and stuff. You know, guys will look or whatever, like when we're out. But like, yeah. even with girls, like yeah. they'll, they'll, uh, they'll notice you. You yeah. know what I mean? And look at you. Well, thank you. You're it's welcome. just like I, but it's something that I've always kind of had, even as a little kid. And some of you like, other besties just, may resonate with that. You guys can that. probably relate to that as well. And I haven't found a guy that's like secure enough to allow me to be who I am and like be confident and just like be myself, but also like you ground me and you bring me back down to earth. And like, sometimes I'm just fucking going off and you're like, okay, no, like let's reel it back in. So you know when to like allow me to be myself and also to kind of check me a little bit. And that's, I've never had that before. And I really, that's probably like my favorite thing about you that, that, um, that you're able to like really cool me off and balance me off because I'm I can be a lot I can be a lot to handle. Yeah, I got my I blue know. I got my blue shirt on. It's okay. like cool water. There you go, cool water. There you go. Okay, this is gonna be a very fun question for you. What kind of clubs does Nash use? Golfer girly here. Oh, I love that. <laughs> um, so I use the um, 2020. I believe they're 2020 uh, Cobra, uh, the Cobra Tech uh, irons. I have uh, pitching wedge through four iron. Um, I have an Odyssey putter. I have a Callaway Epic driver. I have a Cobra, uh, three wood. It was like a 2021 model. I don't know the exact, it's like an R something, but it's blue. It's Navy blue and red. And then I have an old school, uh, tailor made, uh, rescue club that my dad gave me, which is still my favorite club. There you go. Mm-hmm. My go. favorite ball to hit is tailor made TP five X. Okay. Sponsor us. No, I'm kidding. Um, okay. How did you, how did we meet? Oh, I guess maybe we should have like started off. Well, with no, let that me question. start with this and then you can intervene. Hi. All right, bro. 
Okay, it was a cool December <laughs> evening in the Bay, in the East Bay area. Um, no, I'm kidding. So, so it, it was it actually was. it was actually winter. Um, so, Soph uh, was working out with her hometown friend who I actually knew my whole life mm-hmm. um, at Crunch Fitness, just one of the local chains in the in uh, Walnut Creek. Um, and I was I don't know if I was off baseball that day. It was during winter break, so I walk into the gym. And, you know, at most crunches, they have those, like, turf, black uh, mat areas where you can stretch out. And I was just walking in the gym, and I see So facing me, and she was rolling her back out. And you said out loud, oh, my God, he's so cute. And then Lexi's like, who? And meanwhile, I'm just walking by, like, I don't know what's going on. And Lexi's like, who? And she's like, that guy. She's like, oh, my God, that's Nash Rudy. I'm going to introduce you guys. You guys are going to get married. And you're like, oh, my God, stop, Lexi. Little did we know, Lexi hit me up. Yeah. And was like, the, are, next day. the next day, I was like, Are you seeing anyone? I said, No. And she said, Okay, my friend thinks you're really hot. So I'm going <laughs> to give you her Snapchat. And I said, Say less. Oh, yeah. Say less. Yeah. And then the rest was history. And that's when I picked her up and asked her what race I am. And the game. Yeah. And then, up. yeah. And, the- <laughs> and yeah. here we are. And here we are. Yeah. And from my perspective, I don't know if I've shared this on here before, but. Um, pretty much the same thing, but I used to work. That's like the job that I had in high school. And from when I would come home from college and stuff, like it was my winter break, my sophomore year of college, I literally just gotten out of a situation ship, maybe like five or six days prior to that, like a weird situation ship. And, um, I was like ready for my single girl era and, um, I was working out with my friends. So with me working at that gym, I had worked there the day that it had opened. So I pretty much knew every single member there. Like you get to know the members really quickly. Everybody who signs yeah. up, even when I come home from college. So when I saw Nash walk by, like, I even know all like the younger kids that are in there. And I was like, who's that? I was like, he's kind of fine. Like yeah. he's cute. And I just said it out loud not thinking anything of it. I just said it out loud. And I say that we talk about this probably once a week, but like if you had walked a different direction in the gym, if I had not said it out loud and I maybe just kept to myself and I I just thought in my head, oh, he's cute. My friend would have never been like, oh my God, who peeked around the corner, found out who it was, which she had known you for, you guys have known each other since you guys were like six years old, grew up together and everything and set us up and had like your information in and set us up. Like, it's just crazy. We think about, I'm like, what if like you went to the gym an hour later? What if you walked if on the you, right side instead of the left or side Or what if I went gym? to the bathroom before? Yes. Or like, what so if I many... didn't, exactly. What if I wasn't rolling out there? What if I had already started my workout and I yeah, didn't see you? Like, crazy. it's crazy to think even just like it's down crazy. to the minute, like it could have been it so different. It could have been different. So forever, yeah, she yeah. gave him my Snapchat and like phone number. We chatted for what, three or four days. Yep. And then I remember... Sunday, December 23rd, you, which is crazy because our five year is up. It's on a Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. That's crazy. I think, right? Yeah. yeah I think or is that, that Christmas Eve? Or is it a Saturday? No, it's a Saturday. One more year and then it'll be a Sunday. Okay. Here, okay. 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 Um, but yeah, so then it was a Sunday, December 23rd, you pick me up and then we have our first date and yeah, I knew that I loved you the first time. And then we talked, yeah. No fucking joke. We just had the insane connection. Insane connection right away. We talked for six hours Mm -hmm. and then at 1230 drove to In-N-Out because they closed at 1.30. We got there at like one and got food. Yeah. And then then he dropped me off at home and I I knew, yeah, I remember the exact moment that I fell in love with him and we did not expect that at all. I actually was really hung over. Because you were going back to Oregon. I was going back to Oregon. I was hung over that morning. I had a whole panic attack. You guys, it was one of those things where I was like, I was two seconds away from canceling on Nash. I was like, I don't want to go. Like, Oh, uh, like who goes on first, and first Sue's dates like, You're anymore? Going. Yeah, my mom was like, "You're fucking going," <laughs> and I was like, "Mom, like I don't want to go." Like, I, just an hour before, I was almost gonna like call it off, and my mom forced me to go. Thank God she did. And then I see Nash pull up, and he gets out of his car to walk to the front door, and I'm like, "Oh my God, he's getting out of his car." My mom's like, "Oh my God, he's walking to the front door." This whole ordeal, and I get outside, and I'm like, "Oh, he opens the door for me, you guys." Yep, open the door. Open the door. Like a gentleman. Yep, like the gentleman he is, and yeah, from from then on. It's been history. We haven't had any breaks no, in our relationship. Nothing. There's been not not a single day where we're like, oh, let's take a break and let's no, like maybe literally never. Yeah, it's weird. I never really believed in like love at first sight. I never believed in like you know falling until in love I quickly. Met you. Until I, met you. I know how cheesy are we, but so we corny. fell in love really quickly. We said the L word very quickly before I was. It was ten days we met after that that I left for 
that I left to go back up to Oregon. Yeah. So yeah. then we did long distance. Yeah. Yes, for the first six, five months. Until, for the first, until you came home. Until I dropped out. So so January to May. Yeah, May. So like came home in February. Five, and surprised you then. Yeah, surprised yeah. me for yeah. We went to Berkeley mm -hmm. and, and went and to that like restaurant. It was like April May is when I went yep. and and I ended up dropping out. But and then um, you were home all summer and then the yeah. rest is history. And the rest is history. But yeah, I guess circling or I guess segueing into long distance. Yeah. So some people have questions about like long distance relationships. What are things that we did to keep the spark alive in long distance relationships? Um, I can answer this with uh, professionalism. Oh, oh, I'm just okay. kidding. But um, <laughs> I meant to be. I meant to say like precise. I don't know. Um, just go off, Ben. What was the question again? <laughs> long distance relationships. Okay. What are things that we kept the spark alive? Okay, so Nash at his finest. Basically, um, what we did. The number one thing you should do is, as much as it is hard to to kind of fight against this, check in in the morning. Say your good mornings. Then don't mm -hmm. talk. Yep. Go throughout your day and then catch up at the end of the day because I promise you it is so much more fulfilling mm -hmm. and you're so much more looking forward to talking to that person because you don't know what they've been up to all day. And not in a shady way. Like, for example, Soph was a full-time student and I'm pretty sure you're working a little bit, mm -hmm. um, like babysitting and doing yeah. a bunch of stuff. I was in full-fledged baseball season like because yeah. it's January where mm -hmm. we have 60 games. Yeah. So we're playing. I had no life basically. And so you, we would just text in the morning because when we started, we would like text all day. And we're like, what are you doing? You're like, in class. I'm like, what Within are you doing now? the first now? five days with us texting all day long, as soon as I had gotten up to Oregon, I just was like, we both yeah. had like a little meeting. I was like, okay, dude, like I cannot text you yeah, all day we long. Totally, like, it's boring. And, we, and I was like, I agree. Yeah. Like yeah. I was like, I don't really want to text you when I'm in my 1130 class. Exactly. You know what I mean? Because I'm like there's trying to focus on. Well, there's nothing exciting going yeah. on. You know what I mean? Like even if there is nothing crazy that went on in your day, you still have that hour or half hour, whatever you have to catch up with that person. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Cause it, you will get bored if, and you will get distracted and not, and you won't, your, your interactions won't be as meaningful because yeah, it's not as much quality. Like yeah, quality exactly. Over quantity quality over quantity when it comes to communication. And so, yeah, we would FaceTime in the morning really quickly or have a phone call kind of update each other throughout the day a little bit. And then in the evening time, we would have a phone call or FaceTime. Now, obviously every night was different. If I was going out, if I was doing whatever he would, he would know, like we know each other's schedules. Like totally. we always are repeating our schedules to each other. Yep. Even today I'm like, okay, what's your schedule for the rest of the day? What does your day look like tomorrow? Every single night we're always like, what does your day look like? Are there anything big, Big and I'll ask the week. same question. He'll ask obviously. the same question. It'll be like, okay, well, what are you going to be doing tomorrow? So we always know each other's schedules. We always know where we're going to be at, um, you know, around that time. So yeah, that was the best thing. And then also just like once a week, FaceTime dates, like yeah, date like dates, date where we dates. would order food separately <laughs> and then yeah. FaceTime, maybe watch a TV show together over FaceTime or just talk. Or even talk or, about a show that we're both watching. Yeah. And oh my God. Can you believe that, yeah. that girl? Blah, blah, blah. But yeah, that's basically, I would say that's yeah. the number one thing yeah. is that it keeps you in, yeah, communication. Communication keeps the spark alive for sure. Absolutely. How you communicate will. And then also if you have the funds to, I know this is not like in everybody's like bank right now, but if you can set a time for you guys to see each other, yeah. whether it's like during the holidays or whether it's like a trip that you guys are planning together or like you want to go home and surprise or whatever. Like if you have a date to look forward to and a countdown of like when you guys are going to see each other next, it makes the days and the weeks go by really, really quickly. Yeah, it does. Cause you know, you're just looking, you're not, nothing matters until you see that person. You know what I mean? Exactly. So yeah, so, yeah good, there's that Good question. Okay. Next question. Did you guys ever go through a period where you felt like you should end your relationship? Never, never, not once. I, I would, we're not lying. Like cause some yeah. people are like, Oh, you're lying if you never, but like we literally mm -hmm. have never had a conversation about ending our relationship. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, there's never been, uh, anything. There's never, yeah. there's just never been. I don't know how to answer this to, really without yeah. being like, no. we've just never had like it. Cause because we've never had that talk because the communication has been so good for so long and it was established yeah. very early. Yeah. It was, our, our communication was established early. And I think where I was at coming out of my situation ship, I laid it all down to Nash. Like you remember right yeah. before oh, I yeah. left, this is what I told Nash. I said, okay, listen, 
I go to University of Oregon. I go to a big fucking school. Mm -hmm. I'm in a sorority. I live in an old frat house. Our door, we have an open door policy. We host a lot of parties there. I've got a lot of guy friends. I'm going to Whistler and turning 20 years old. I laid it down. I'm like, do you want to sign up for this? Like, is this something that like you're okay with, with this lifestyle? And Nash was still living at home playing baseball and getting his associates in communications. And he was like, yeah, I, that's, he's like, I'll just be here. And I was like, okay, cool. So establishing that it wasn't a surprise when I was going out from fucking Wednesday to Sunday, it wasn't a surprise when I would post stories and these would be like my frat guy friends when like, he was totally, I don't know, I guess you're, you were just always well, I mean, secure with that. Like, yeah. I was, was secure never... with it. Cause like, if she, if it ain't going to work out, it ain't going to work out. Mm-hmm. She's going to tell me and we'll go from there. Yeah, you know what I mean? Exactly. And I was also playing four, five games a week. So yeah. I wasn't really like, Miss, like, you know what I mean? I wasn't yeah. sitting around like, I wonder what she's doing. Right. You know what I mean? Because we like, always communicated that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, the hardest thing you two went through and how you resolved it. Mm. I would say the hardest period of time that we had think, yeah. was when I was struggling oh. with my sex drive. Yeah. Yeah. That really knocked us. But it wasn't ever something that we sat down and was like, should we break up? Yeah, over no, this? I was Is like, this, like relationship ending like that never came up because I knew to my core, you guys, I can't describe it, but I knew that something was going on inside of my body that was out of my control. It was not because I wasn't attracted to you. Yeah. It wasn't no, because yeah. of how you were as a person. Like there was nothing in our relationship that ever made me feel yeah, that no. way. And I knew I'm like, dude, something is fucking wrong with me. Like I feel nothing. Yeah, I feel no. nothing. That was, it really is hard to go through that in a relationship because at that time I didn't know it was my birth control um, that completely numbed me. I didn't know what I was going through. So with all of the what ifs, I'm the kind of person that needs to know what's going on 24 seven. And if I don't, Absolutely. I'm getting to the bottom of it within totally. five seconds, always doing research. And I could not figure out what was mm-hmm. going on. And that impacted our relationship a lot because our intimacy was definitely nothing during that oh, time. Yeah, no, like we were not, you know, we're in our young twenties, you guys, and we are not, we were not being intimate with each yeah, other no. because we could not. And you were so great during that time yeah. because I was struggling a lot and he, you never took it personally. No. And I told him that I said, listen, Nash, I said, this is a me thing that I'm going, I'm going through something right mm-hmm. now. I feel like something's off with me. It has nothing to do with yeah. you. And I want you to know that. And, and you. Yeah. And I, and I, and I totally, and, and here's the thing all, you know, when, when your girl says that, like, she's like, you know, babe, it's, it's not you. I'm, I'm going through something where I, I can't control. I'm okay, cool. I'm like, how, how do we fix this? How, how can yeah. I, how can I help you? Mm-hmm. Cause for, for, for the besties that, that are going through that, if your man isn't, it's definitely hard and it's frustrating. You know what I mean? For, for, for both sides, for yeah. both parties, but if your man isn't sitting there or you for your man aren't sitting there being like, how can I help you? How can we do this, this together? Mm-hmm. How, or in, instead of how can you do this to me or how could you not feel attracted to me yes. at all times? You take it like you, the guys who take it as a personal attack and they try to spin it on them. But like with women, it's everything but the sex. Yeah. It's the foreplay. It's yeah. the it's the mood you set. It's the yeah. way you talk to her. Dude, mm-hmm. you know, text her like, hey you know, text her something romantic during the day mm-hmm. and then maybe bring her, maybe it doesn't even have to be flowers. There's has to be something she likes or write, yeah. write her a note on a sticky pad. I guarantee yeah. you she'll love it Yeah, because you thought of her. Yes. Do you know what I mean? And then it just makes the actual physical act that much better because you've been thinking it all day. Yeah. But I'm talking about like, if your, if your partner's struggling with this, like they need to be asking, what can I do to help you? And intimacy starts for women outside of the bedroom first thing and foremost. Oh, amen. That's just like, I got the biggest smile on my face. I'm actually so so proud to be, to be dating you. But at the end of the day, it's supposed to be something that you guys, intimacy is for the enjoyment Mm -hmm. of both parties, not just one. And you should just try to help each other in the best way possible, whether it's outside the bedroom or in, in the bedroom, like just making each other feel good. Yeah. And that kind of, I guess, can go into like a lot of, I would say like our most asked question was how to keep the spark alive. Yeah. Cause yeah. In a long, yeah, we've been, we've been together for a long time and we've also been through quite a bit of like intimacy, uh, differences and issues and stuff. So I would say realizing that are your own intimacy and how many times you guys have sex and 
what you guys are doing to um, please each other mm-hmm. is 100% individual to your relationship yeah and it's not exactly there's no there's no blueprint there is no blueprint there's no right way there's no wrong way and you'll look up online it's like oh you need to be doing it like one to three times per week or you know a couple times like once every day or whatever it's just not realistic and that's the fun part is figuring out how it works out Mm -hmm. for each couple like what works for you guys because what works for you guys may not work for Sophie and I and vice versa. Exactly. Cause we're two different people, different relationship and stuff like that. So exactly. I think kind of getting, um, like these perspectives out of our heads of like, Oh, everybody does it all the time. Yeah. And everybody has a perfect relationship. It's, it's so unrealistic. Yeah. The, um, like, what media puts out there, movies, TV shows, books, social media, social media. It's yeah, just, exactly. you know, it's not realistic and figuring out like what works best for you guys. And like intimacy doesn't just have to be sex. It can be a lot more than that. Like it, it's just about getting deeper and closer with your partner. And I think just opening up your mindset to a different perspective instead of the P and V and having that be like, Oh, that's getting intimate. Maybe like you two sitting down, lighting a candle, having a bottle of wine and really having a deep conversation. That's intimate. That's intimacy. That is super intimate. And like, it, as long as you're connecting on a deeper level with your partner, I don't think it matters how you do it. And then I promise you that. Yes, I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. And then also if you have those intimate moments, you're having a glass of wine on the couch talking, you're laying in bed, it can lead to the, to the mambo jambo. Yes, it can. The horizontal mambo is what one of my besties told me. Shout out to the bestie who said that. I love that. But like it can, that opens up the door to more things, wanting to be more vulnerable with each other, wanting to get close and intimate um, again. So I, I would say that that's kind of how, how we do it. How we would, yeah, how you we know? do it. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a marathon, it, not a sprint. It's a marathon, not a sprint. Also realizing that intimacy changes. Our, the way that we interact in, intimately now and romantically now is different than we did a year ago. It's different than when we first started our relationship. And it's going to be different in it's two gonna years It's going to be different now. in two years. It's going to be different when we, when we have kids, yeah. when we move. Like, it's going to change. It's going to change. And it's that's, not going to be the same. And, part of a, and that's part of life is adjusting to how you guys want to feel and make each other feel. Amen to that. Amen. The next one says favorite memory together. Ooh, <laughs> we have a lot, we but do. I would say our first one, our first like big trip that we did together was the San, San Diego, Diego trip, yeah. San Diego trip. So my so uh, short story, my mom's best friend who she went to high school with, uh, owns a super beautiful house in Encinitas, California. For those of you who aren't familiar with California, it's uh, north of San Diego by like 30 minutes or so near Carlsbad, Legoland, all that stuff. Thank you, sir. Um, so yeah, my brother was playing in the Phil Singer tournament. It's basically a high school elite like prospect tournament where all the West Coast teams are there and stuff. But we went to just uh, mess around and party. So yeah, we were just there, but going it was to the beach, going to the fun. beach, yeah, having fun, going in their pool in the but morning. Like, we had some crazy, we had some deep crazy talks. deep talks yeah. with the Tito's and yeah, no, I'm kidding, with Tito's, with Tito's and, our friend and Tito and, and some gummies. Yeah, but we just like had crazy i feel like that was the first trip we have where we like kind of like broke a big barrier because yeah. remember when you because you came home you i dropped out you dropped out and then that was that the was first time we've been trip. around each other for like more than a month for more than a month so like yeah. we're and kind then we of went just on that like trip so we were kind of new it was kind of like the honeymoon phase too because again, yeah we were long distance so i just had dropped out so i was actually like near you for the first yeah. time then we go on a trip and we're just fucking drinking and smoking yeah, and, and sm- like yeah. going to the beach that was really fun that was really fun that's a highlight for sure that's a great and i, I for, if you've never been to san diego please yeah, try and go it's, it's amazing that would probably be one of my favorite memories too i don't know we have so Name many another one. i mean because we have disneyland was awesome yeah disneyland um, our parents surprised us with the trip to disneyland a couple um, years ago that was so fun Oregon was fun yeah nash and came and vi- visited me right before i dropped down i probably dropped out that was like actually such a later. lit trip yeah that was crazy. <laughs> we just were came destroyed the whole time me. Um, and then like three weeks later, I ended up dropping out. Um, but for the Oregon spring game, it was super fun. Like yeah. if you haven't been to the university of Oregon, dope campus. Yeah. It's cool. Like the walk to Autzen across what's the river called? Do you know what that river's called? Um, I can't remember. I don't know, but it's a dope know, but walk. It's cool. Yeah. It's a fun time. It's sick. Good vibes. Um, yeah. Tahoe. We've had really good Tahoe trips. Tahoe trips. Yeah. We we're had... like next door neighbors with Lake Tahoe. So and yeah, we had, I don't know. Yeah. I guess we've just had a lot. Of... We've had a lot of good trips. Yeah. We've had a lot of good trips and a lot of good memories. Hopefully some more trips with where we move. Yeah. And exploring a new region, a new region, being of the, a, of available the to move to 
being able to have access to states that we don't really have close access to. Yeah, because I said you go north, east, or south in Nevada. And you're you still are in the Nevada. middle of nowhere fucking Nevada. And you don't want to be there. You, scare. I told <laughs> you don't want to be in the middle I of Nevada. I told him it's a scary place to be. Like, it's haunted, bro. This Reno or Vegas. Is scary. Anything else, I'm good. But I think... I think that's it. I, I think, think that's, that's all we it. got. Nash is, Nash is ready to take a nap. Thanks for a post podcast nap. Well, thanks for having me on. Thanks yeah. for letting me come upstairs and hop on your podcast. I know. Well, I think that you are definitely going to be coming back around quite often. We'll see what the besties think. We'll see what the besties think. Thanks for having me on, besties. Let I hope you know. enjoyed. Yeah, let us know how you thought. Let us know Nash if you want did. me to come back on or never come back on <laughs> <Yeah>. again. <laughs> I know that they'll want you on. Um, but we just really appreciate you guys taking the time out of your day. I know this was a little bit of a longer episode to listen to this full podcast. Hopefully you guys know us a little bit better, yeah. how we kind of interact as a couple um, and just a little bit more, you know, about me and, and about Nash himself. Because like I said, when my sister was a guest, she is an extension of who I am. Nash is, is an extension of who I am. And when you get to know people close in my life, you get to know a piece of my heart and a piece of me as well. So I just really appreciate you taking time out of your day to come on the podcast, babe. No and worries. Sharing, Thank you for having me. Sharing everything that I you love did. You. Yeah, I think that they're really going to love love what you had to say and love who you are as a person just Thank as much you. as I do. And everybody who meets you um, just knows that Nash is truly, truly the fucking nicest person you'll ever, ever meet. Um, truly thank just you. a teddy bear but thank I love you. you so much I love you so thank much thank you for coming on today You're and thank welcome. you guys again for listening um, we love you so much and we will talk to you soon talk to you soon